Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Pastor Billy Logan, our pastor of discipleship here at Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg, and uh, Steve Thigpen. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Yeah, Grayson, glad to be on here with you today, man. And uh, today we have uh, Steve Thigpen in to share a little bit about um, his story and um, just mostly about um, some things that God's taught him and some ways that he's been able to uh, be a witness to those in his workplace, um, which is a secular workplace. So uh, just kind of, you know, what he's learned over the years. So Steve, just to give us a little background, tell us a little bit about where you're from and about how you grew up. Well, I was very fortunate and blessed to uh, be born and raised in a little town called Maxton, North Carolina. Uh, and had a great set of parents and a godly set of parents and as well as a godly set of grandparents. So it was uh, fantastic uh, and a great upbringing. Uh, it's one that I wish everybody had the chance for. Now, I'm from North Carolina. That's something we have in common. So what is it like to grow up in a small town in North Carolina? It's a place where everyone knows everyone, so you couldn't step out of line too much because if you did, you would be corrected by the neighbors or the people on the street, and they would look at you and say, now you're Willie Mac's boy, right? So they would know. Right. You know, uh, before I skip far ahead to find out how you ended up in Virginia, uh, when did you come to Christ? Well, uh, I was raised up uh, in, in terms of for going back in my uh, in heritage when I go back. My grandfather on my dad's side was a Baptist minister for a number of years. And my grandparents and my parents, we were raised up in a, a charismatic church, uh, mostly in Pentecostal. Uh, and so I'm one of those that uh, had known the Lord all of my life. I've gone right. to church all of my life. Right. However, there were times when I stepped away from the Lord. So it wasn't until about 28 years ago, a little place over here on Roosevelt Street, I recommitted my life to the Lord. And uh, strange things happened that day. Uh, Not only was I there at the altar, but uh, so was my wife, Stephanie, same time frame. That's cool, yeah. Two things I think about when you were talking about, first of all, it sounds like uh, you were you were going to church nine months before you even came into the world, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I think I've heard Pastor Adrian here at uh, Church of the Nazarene say that before, and uh, you were talking about uh, coming to the little church over on Roosevelt Street, which happened to be the Nazarene Church uh, 28 years ago, and recommitting, you and your wife, Stephanie, recommitting your life to Christ and uh, that reminded me, because I was trying to do the math, and I was like, 28, that's even before we came to Harrisonburg. And I knew that because uh, I know uh, a few years ago I had the conversation with your son, Tucker, and, and I was saying how long we had been here. And he's like, well, we've been here this long. And I was like, yeah, you've been here longer than we <laughs> So true. just share how you and your wife, Stephanie, uh, ended up in Harrisonburg from North Carolina. Well, I actually started my career. I'm an engineer graduate out of North Carolina State University in Raleigh. And one of my first job assignments in uh, uh, the end of 1978 uh, was in Harrisonburg, Virginia, at a plastic firm. And so that's how I ended up here. And then shortly about a year and a half afterwards, we were married, which we will be celebrating our 41st uh, anniversary come April. Uh, And so that's how we ended up in uh, Harrisonburg. Well, thank you for sharing that, Steve. Um, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but... uh, Pastor Billy also happens to be Steve's son-in-law. He's married to one of Steve's daughters, Hillary. So I wanted to throw that in there. Uh, 
just anything you want to jump in, Billy, and um, maybe ask Steve uh, before we get into some of the other stuff that I mentioned we were going to talk about? Uh, no comment. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know Steve and I have a, a good relationship, and um, I'm glad to be part of the family. Yeah, the church family, but also part of his family and uh, married to his uh, second oldest. But it's just a privilege to see how God uh, has worked um, in his family's life and hear some of the stories of God's faithfulness through the years. And um, excited to hear Steve share just how some of the things that we've heard preached here on a Sunday— He's applied in the workplace to minister to those um, who perhaps are far from God. Steve, uh, we mentioned we were going to have you share some principles and some things that you've learned from church in your workplace, but start out maybe telling us what your position there is uh, at the plant where you work and have worked in past also. Sure. I I started out my career in the engineering side and went from engineering to management back and forth in plastic companies. Uh, for her soon will be 42 years. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, going back and forth, I have, as of September of this past year, I announced that I was retiring as the CEO for a plastic firm up in Winchester, Virginia, M&H Plastics. And so right now I'm still working for Barry Corporation and I'm using that as a consultant basis. And I will be officially retiring uh, in April, early April. Right. That is my last day. So looking forward to it. For that time. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that, Stephen. Just as a point of reference, um, we were talking about how you've been able to apply some of these principles to the people that you've worked. Maybe like how many people work for you? Sure. Well, over the years, I've been blessed uh, back and forth with different positions. Uh, we've lived here. Uh, this is our as is my third trip back to the valley. We've been back in Harrisonburg now for 28 years, and the reason why I'm very quick of that is that's our youngest. Right. She's 28 years old, and she's married uh, with one child. Uh, and we were very fortunate, and at that time, in different ones, at one time I had regional positions uh, where we had a, a responsibility for over 1,500 employees. The current position that we had at the factory, uh, I was responsible for a little over 450 employees, uh, and those uh, right now are still growing, and God has really blessed us over the last 14 years of this last side. Well, that's overwhelming to think about it's not overwhelming to you but it's overwhelming to me to think about being in charge of that many people certainly uh, you would need the lord's help in doing that but uh share how the lord's helped you uh, just oversee and work with and um kind of be an example to that many people sure when i go back and i think about uh, how where god has taken me from all along i was very fortunate in my young life i grew up in a factory all of my life uh, my dad retired as a director of operations for a furniture company. So as a young age, as a young boy, I walked through factories my entire life. Now, I also will say that was usually after we walked through the factories after we just visited church. So on Wednesday nights, it was uh, after you were at church, you were going by the factory to see. So as a result, I did not realize at the time he was my dad and my mom or a couple of my mentors, you might say, especially for my dad. I didn't realize what God was teaching me through all those times. But I can remember uh, dad, as we walked through the factory, how he would interface and talk with the different employees. And the one thing that always stood out in my mind is always how he talked to God about those individuals as he walked away. There were many times that he would pray for each one of those individuals, no matter what they were saying. So I learned a lot, and that was my first 
uh, inkling or my first indications of uh, it today. I see it now how God was using it. But when you really think about the workforce, you know, work is a primary activity that God had created for us to pursue. Yeah, I mean, good. even when we think about it in the beginning, I mean, if we go back into Genesis, you'll uh, say, you know, God uh, was involved in the work of creation. And the first thing he says in Genesis, right. let us make. Right. Well, guess what? We make plastic <laughs> containers. And I've been making those all of my life and closures. Uh, but at the same token is when I look at work and what has been uh, the creation side, you know, today's time, uh, be a Christian in the world today is not necessarily comfortable, especially in the workplace. But I will say to you, if our Christian faith is not relevant today mm. uh, in the workplace today, right. then it's, it's not relevant right. at all. And I take from, you know, to be a Christian and uh, a minister at work, it's like one of my mentors would say. Right. And when you would say, you know, how do you learn from the church? Well, of course, you know, if we've been here over 28 years, right. and then... We know one of the pastors that was very instrumental in my life, Pastor Kerry, and he would say, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with employees or you're dealing with individuals, sometimes all you need to do is just breathe in and breathe out. And if the Spirit, if God or the Holy Spirit allows you, then you can use words. Uh, sometimes I'm at a loss for words, but uh, sometimes all we need to do is to show up in people's lives and just to be there. And then if when asked, is just to reflect God's goodness and his blessings that he's blessed us with. And today I'm finding, especially in the last few years, there's a lot of hurting people all around us. And one of my old mentors that I grew up with uh, uh, in work environment uh, would always say, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I know a lot of people have heard that before. But if we're walking with God and in the intended path that he's put us on, then uh, we'll sense God's presence in those dark times because uh, there is a lot of darkness out there. There's a lot, but there are a lot of people that are hurting. And so right. sometimes it's just be there and to do right. it. One of the things we looked at was to share. I had a quality manager a number of years ago that we sat down and we were trying to look for management practices that we could do. And so we developed, uh, he helped me. I started him out and he helped me uh, do that. He's uh, now in Canada. Uh, but we did it, and we put down four principles. Management practice, what does success look like? Second was shift, transition, and communication. And third was management by sight. And the fourth was handprint, fingerprint. Those are something for operational side or for no matter what you make, widgets, gadgets, or the rest. What do they mean? And it says, you know, what does success look like? You know, that what you're basically saying is for the management team that you supervise, that if you see a problem and a problem occurs to you, uh, how would they tell you to approach that? Shift communication. It's like we're in a race. We all know that. How are we communicating? How are we handing off from shift to shift? How are we making sure they understand what's the communication? Management by sight? Well, that's real easy uh, to me is that, you know, in today's world, they would talk about five S's or how do you make sure your area is properly. So one of the ways management by sight is that you could literally sit down and Sketch out exactly what your department or what, how everything looks. And in your hand and fingerprint, each one of us can go back and say there's somebody in our lives that were mentoring us, somebody that mentored us. When I say that, there's usually names pops and faces pop in your mind. Well, the next question is, well, who are you mentoring today? Who are you saying? And the last but least is those four principles that I taught my management staff, and they had it posted in their departments or posted in their offices. 
Uh, if you don't want to do any of those four things, then I want you to do one thing. I want you to practice the presence of present. I know some of us have heard, and that's to be physically present in your department where all that information I just talked about, they'll just flow <laughs> awkwardly to you. And then with each one of the managers, I would also go back and say, this is how you work around our work first. But if you want to know how it fits in your personal life, mm-hmm. come see me, mm-hmm. and I'll be glad to share. Right. So now when I reverse that and I think about it, so well, how does that mean for your, your life today? Well, what does success look like? We got a great person that followed when Jesus walked right. the face of the earth. He showed us what success looks like in life. Shift, transition, or communications. Well, how are you communicating with God? Are you praying? Mm-hmm. You reading your Bible? What are you doing? Management by sight. Well, one of the things that you say there is, what is your fruit? What is the fruit that you bear? That's what people can see that from a distance. Your hand and fingerprints. Basically, it's the same thing. Who are you mentoring? Iron sharpens iron. Who are you mentoring in your life? And practice the presence of present. Well, I gave it to you in that order, but for your personal and for your Christian life, it's really the first. Right. It's the last. Are you right. practicing the presence of his presence? Are you in his presence daily? If you are, everything else just automatically right. falls into place. Right. So that's just a little bit of some of the principles that I, I share with a management team. Well, thank you for sharing that, Steve. And as you were talking about in your personal life, certainly it has to happen there first. And, uh, you know, you can't, if your relationship with God isn't right and in the right place and up to date, and it's like any other relationship in your life, you know, if you don't spend time talking to the person, like um, you're married. So, for example, in your marriage, if you didn't talk to your wife, you know, if there wasn't any communication there, then it wouldn't be a whole lot of relationship. And it's the same with our personal relationship with Christ. And, uh, you know, if that's not right, then how can we minister to others in our workplace or, you know, in our neighborhoods or wherever? Um, And also the other thing I thought about when you're talking about personal life is ministering at home. I've heard, I think dad said this, but he might've heard it from somewhere else. I've heard every good thing is borrowed, but, uh, you know, home is where we go when we're tired of being nice. So, uh, you know, ministering from home and about the personal life, uh, either of those that you want to share about. Sure. Before I go there a little bit in depth, let me kind of go back and say is that, you know, there's some other things that I experienced over life is, you know, many people, and I'm looking in the mirror when I say it myself, we just take enough of Christianity and it really kind of makes us a little bit miserable. You know, that old story, I know you said it as... a little Johnny where he got into bed every time and he keeps falling out. And his mom says, you know, why do you keep falling out? He says, I guess I'm just staying too close to where I got got in. in." Right. So that's the same thing for us is what do we need to do to, uh, to move a little bit more, more of that. I'd like to say that, you know, what I just got through saying is all a bed of roses and it's all it, but you know, we all deal with it. I mean, for me personally, when I go through moments of, you might say moments of depression, or when you're at work, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, people have the same thing when, you know, some disappointment hits your way, you didn't get that, pro- that promotion, you had an unpleasant relationship with different ones, a fear of the future, where are we going to go, and especially with COVID and the rest, right. what are we going to do, how are we going to go? But these are opportunities for God to be glorified right. in our work today. And, you know, one of the things that says over in Second Corinthians 12.10 you know, it talks about when I am weak, then I am strong. Well, I kind of see that in these very hard times, 
it's hard to show weakness mm-hmm. in the workplace. We don't want to, and we try not to. But we have to remember that the reason why we're going to it, uh, that's so we show our strength and our dependence that we have on God. Mm-hmm. And for me, 14 years ago, that's what really changed me even more so, is that when I had to totally surrender everything to God. And, you know, one of my... Uh, one of the things that I learned from uh, one of my mentors in my life, and you said about church, uh, was that fact. I think he's given that illustration many times when he buried his head between the cushions. You know, I look at that and I say, you know, to me, it has come true. You know, we don't become a Christian. We don't become of age until we truly die to the world. And to me, you know, as Paul has stated over in Colossians 2.20, and we all know that one and we've heard it time and time, I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself to me. And to me, that's it. And then for us in our our Nazarene, when we talk about it, that's just pure sanctification, that we finally just say, that's it. And we, we truly won't have that freedom that's found until we do that total surrender to God. That's what we need to do. And, you know, I notice when I'm thinking it and I'm talking about my mentor and I'm talking about that illustration he gave on the couch, I think I'm sitting with the person that that was the prayer about was the gentleman I'm talking with today. So I didn't really put that together until after I'm sitting here looking at you on that part and, and realizing that's what it was meant. But that's kind of stuck with me for a long, long, long time. And uh, so as a result, if, you know, if we're looking for a true security, especially in today's time, uh, it's only found in God's promise of our security, both now and after death. And I I saw that when I finally surrendered totally to God's will, to what he wanted for our life. Don't say that it's not easy. I don't think I don't have to go back every once in a while to look, but that's what I needed to do. Either Jesus is going to be Lord of all, or he's not going to be Lord of anything. And so that's what I'm looking at doing it both for and that applies both to work uh, and to the church. Right. So, but kind of answer a little bit of your question, and then for your family side, when you say it, I, I do agree with it. You know, I, I've heard it said many, many times: is this is great that I've mentored, and I have been mentored uh, at work, and I have different people to see them in their lives and their change, and I get it. But the most important thing is when I go home, and, and to me, it is. I am privileged and blessed to see a family and to have four kids and to watch them as they're raising their families right now and to see that God is first in their lives. Steve, uh, thank you for sharing. That's a lot of great wisdom and great principles and also scripture. And I mean, whenever we need wisdom, I mean, I think no better place than going to the word of God or in prayer and, uh, yeah, that prayer that you said that Dad shared, that yeah, that was when I was four months old and they thought that they were going to lose me. And Dad kind of felt a call to the ministry, and he was kind of not sure about it, but that's when he surrendered all to God and said, um, Lord, you can take my son, but don't take your presence from me, and I'll preach the gospel. Amen. So, uh, Billy, anything you want to interject in this conversation anything that steve shared that stuck out to you yeah um for those of you listening in and not sure about this mentor and 
um, who Grayson's father is. It's our former pastor that was here for 24 years, Kerry Willis, who also would be um, one of my life mentors. But that is who um, they're in reference with and who is a, a dear friend to Steve. And, and, I, and I love all of the practical things that Steve shared. The one thing that I that I think you can glean, and as Carrie Willis would say, even now, um, no invisible people. To be yeah. present with the one who is in front of you, and we see that constantly throughout Scripture. When Jesus is engaging someone in conversation, he is fully present um, there in that moment. And so um, I love how he's taken that, which is a spiritual truth that Jesus wants us to not only know, but to embody in our lives, and putting it into the workplace into a place that could often be about profit over people, simply about the dollar bill. But when we are followers of Christ, we value people. We value the person in front of us. So I'm grateful for the friendship um, that Steve uh, built with Pastor Kerry over the years because it's influenced me in, in a much deeper way because it's influenced Steve's family and the time that I've got to spend around them. It's came through in many many different ways. And um, I don't know if we've wrapped up this specific conversation, but Steve, as you could tell, is also very, very passionate about the Lord and and his Savior and um, the one who has given him the opportunity to work in this capacity and to influence and impact people's um, lives. And he and Carrie lead, um, I think they've been 15 times now to the Holy Land in Israel. Um, The organization called Hearts of Flame, you can go online, heartsofflame.org, but they lead um, regular trips to the Holy Land to take people to the place where our Savior walked, where those things we read in Scripture actually were lived out, where those relationships um, that we see Jesus valued, um, where they took place. And um, I encourage you, if you have never been on one of those trips, um, to pray about it, to go to heartsofflame.org, look into the details. It would be worth the time and money to put that on your list of things to do, uh, to take a trip uh, to where Jesus himself lived, breathed, walked, died, and rose again. And I wanted to add that in there because Steve is very passionate about his work and um, most passionate about his family, but uh, he's passionate about his Lord and um, very passionate about taking others to experience um, that firsthand. And Steve, anything you would like to share about how that got started? Sure. Well, that actually started in the uh, year 2000, and there was uh, Pastor Kerry was looking, and he had a chance to go to the Holy Land, and uh, sad to say that I was his second choice, That's, uh, <laughs> but the first one turning down, so I, I, I will thank my good friend for turning it down, because when he approached me, he asked, and I said, I'll go, and so that was how it started, was our first trip to uh, Israel, to the Holy Land, and of course, you know, we were both born and raised in yeah. the Holy Land of Carolina, but <laughs> the true holy land that we were able to, to go and visit. And Hearts of Flame was started. We started a nonprofit organization called Hearts of Flame. And as Pastor Billy has said, heartsofflame.org, you can find out about it. Our biggest reason was we were starting something that we wanted to do, and we, if the Lord's willing, uh, we are set to go this October, the last week of October through the 1st of November for nine days and eight nights. Uh, back to the Holy Land again uh, for that trip. We started the organization to break down some paradigms. Uh, and the paradigms, as we see, as I always say, before you go on the trip, stop watching the news. Right. Pray and talk to the master, and you find out that we break those paradigms both from we love the Israeli people, we love the Palestinian side, we make sure, but we also get to visit with our brothers and sisters in Christ of the Nazarene 
denomination, and that, that has been great. And uh, there's been a lot of them, testimonies that come back uh, from it that we really, really uh, has been truly a blessing. And this will be trip number 16 if everything goes well and we're anticipating into the Lord's willing. And then we have two more trips planned in uh, 2022 as well. So we're going to be doing those, and that's what I'm planning on doing when I retire is getting a little bit more time right. in the organization. Right, and I know you have a huge passion for that, and me and Pastor Billy actually had the privilege of going, I believe it was 2014, the year we went, and it's just a, a life-changing trip. So Dad always jokes, you know, if you have to sell your motorcycle or your uh, mountain house or whatever just you know lighthearted kind of joking but uh, it is a life-changing trip that is um, for sure and uh, certainly a ministry um, that you do um, organizing those trips and coordinating those trips for people that want to go so thank you for sharing that Steve and one other thing I wanted to ask you you kind of mentioned this you were talking about working and ministering during COVID. And so I'm sure that's a whole new realm of, so just anything maybe in the last year, how God has helped you minister during this time with COVID. Well, it's amazing you brought that up because uh, one of the things that has spoken out to me is that it's very, very tough time. And during the COVID time, uh, what I'm finding is people are receptive more so than ever before. And I was listening to a, another uh, pastor speak some time ago, and he was using the Jesus, the wilderness experience. And when you look at it and you're looking at uh, that time, and what I'm saying is is that during this time, we are being tested, and, uh, and the testing's good for us. And then last but not least, but the testing won't stop. And then if you mm-hmm. go back and look at the uh, wilderness experience that Jesus did during that time, I think COVID is pretty much the same for us. So people's hearts are open. Uh, uncertainty, fear, and the rest. But when it, you know the Lord, He removes those fear. Uh, so as a result, it, this is a perfect time for us to, to be there. And people are watching our lives more so than uh, than at any other time to how we respond to it on that part. Uh, so why should we fear? God's still in control. This has not caught Him off a guard by any means. Uh, and we're going to get through it. Right, and uh, I think something you said earlier is the gospel has never been more relevant than it is today, and it's never been more important than it is today to share with people. And uh, certainly us as Christians shouldn't miss this opportunity when people are more open than they've ever been before, like you mentioned. Amen. Uh, Steve, anything else that you would like to share um, that you haven't shared already or that we haven't asked you already? Well, I I think I'm a person of just little words, (laughs) not very much. Uh, As uh, Pastor Billy has said, just give me the topic, and I'm sure I'll have something to say about it. But no, God has truly blessed me, and and I tell you what, to be part of the Nazarene Church here at Harrisonburg has been truly tremendous. And probably the only thing I'll share is that you were asking how we came to be here 28 years ago as a young man with two young girls, uh, with my wife Stephanie being at home with the two youngest uh, going around and looking for churches. And uh, a lot of people that know me know this is how I ended up here, is that over on Roosevelt Street to go in and see Pastor Vic uh, as he was ministering and watching him and seeing the love for the Lord and to watch that magnet from those two little girls, my two oldest ones, Hillary and Chelsea, being drawn there. And I came home and told the wife I found my church. Uh, and so as a result, that's it. And then to see what's happened and how God's really richly blessed this church of the Nazarene 
uh, has been just tremendous to watch it grow. You know, we're sitting in offices, the recording room. Uh, every time when I walk in the sanctuary, I see that red suburban pulled up there, and I see my four kids crawling up to what is now the balcony right. uh, over that. And we need the church, and uh, we need the church family, and that has been the biggest part for me is to be in a part of it. And now we're moving to another phase with Pastor Adrian and his family right. and what's going on. God right. is truly, truly right. have his hand on our church. And I'm just excited to see what the future holds and just happy just to be just a small part. And as you were talking about the next generation, I was thinking about now you get to watch your grown kids with their kids, your grandkids come to church. So future generations will be told about the Lord. It's on the sign on the front. Yeah, It's also the time capsule that someday will be open. I hope and pray that if the Lord lets me, Terry, to be there when it's open. But if it's not, the kids will get to read some of the notes. Right. Anything else you would like to add, Pastor Billy? Uh, these aren't my words, but to sum up this conversation and what I've heard Steve share, whether it be in the workplace or home or um, church family, uh, these are the words of that mentor, as he would call himself, the son of a fisherman and a fisherman for the son and, and the father of Grayson here, um, that relationships matter most. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. 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 Pastor Billy and Steve, thank you for joining me today. It's been good to have you both. Thank you, Grayson. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that as we've talked about ministering in the workplace and you've heard Steve share the principles about not just ministering in the workplace, but also in the home and in the church or wherever you're at, uh, that it has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.